Chapter 3. Conspiring Men And the Gentiles are lifted up in the pride of their eyes, and they put down the power and miracles of God, and preach unto them uh, themselves their own wisdom and their own learning, that they make it gain. Second Nephi 26, verse 20. The Purpose of the Word of Wisdom Near the beginning of Doctrine and Covenants 89, the Lord declares his purpose in revealing the Word of Wisdom. Quote, In consequence of evil and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days, I have warned you and forewarn you by giving unto you this word of wisdom by revelation. End quote. The Lord makes it clear that one of the main purposes of the word of wisdom is to warn against the evil of conspiring men in the last days. It is interesting to note that the Lord uses both the terms warn and forewarn, implying that there were at the time plans of evil. Uh, conspire, uh, concerning the health of man, but also that there were plans yet to be concocted and implemented. For many of us, this verse can feel somewhat nebulous, as it is often hard to understand or recognize that these secret combinations are, how they operate, and why they would do such things. The purpose of this chapter is not to expose all of the past or present secret combinations that affect our health. Such an undertaking would require volumes. However, we do feel that it is appropriate to dedicate a chapter to discussing the conspiring men and their influence over our health as the Lord has warned us in this revelation and throughout scripture. Section, Conspiring Men in the Scriptures and Early Church History. The beginning of conspiring men on earth can be traced back to when Cain made a covenant with Satan. From Cain, those or these combinations and oaths were passed down from generation to generation to the point where they have existed among all people. What exactly is the purpose of these evil designs? The scripture tells us plainly that these are built up to murder and to get power and gain. In more modern times, Brigham Young explained that the specific aim of many of these destructive groups have been to lay, uh, lead astray every man and women that wishes to be a Latter-day Saint. The Book of Mormon is filled with examples of these types of associations seeking to lead astray and destroy for the purposes of amassing wealth and power. In Helaman, we learn that the Nephites began to support these evil works, beginning with the more wicked parts of society, and then deceiving and convincing the more righteous part to partake of their spoils. The Book of Mormon makes clear that if upheld, secret combinations lead to pain and suffering of righteous individuals and the ultimate destruction of society. In our history, we know there were conspirators both in and out of the church during the 1830s. Many attempts were made to poison an unsuspecting Joseph. In fact, on one occasion, <clears throat> they were nearly successful in killing the prophet and chipped one of his teeth in the process. Another example of evils and designs by conspiring men was during the prophet's stay in Liberty Jail with other brethren. The verses in Doctrine and Covenants 121 revealed to the prophet during this difficult time were deep and profound. While the saints were being tormented and sorely persecuted in Missouri, the brethren in Liberty Jail also endured dire circumstances. It was recorded by several jailed with the prophet that they were subjected to eating human flesh. As George A. Smith recounted, the guards withheld all but the Mormon beef, as they called it, and a little coffee or cornbread for nearly five days. However, Joseph had received revelation for the brethren not to partake of the meat, sparing them from the sure sorrow that would have accompanied such a horrendous act. Section Conspiring Men in Modern Times One would hope that such evil would be done away with today, but it has only increased in severity and repugnance. 
One modern prophet boldly proclaimed that wickedness is more highly organized and more cleverly disguised and more powerfully promoted than ever before. Secret combinations lusting for power, gain, and glory are flourishing. There should be no question in the mind of the reader that nefarious works of the devil not only exist, but run rampant in the world around us. We, as, latter, as the Latter-day Church, are not exempt from witnessing the secret combinations that exist today. One of the most important things to remember to stay above the secret combinations threatening to destroy our health is that which sets us apart from Satan, our physical bodies. Satan never had the opportunity to enter into this mortal probation, and as such has never laid hold on a body of his own. He aims to get us to abuse our precious gifts so that we might have enmity between us and our Creator. As we begin to understand this principle, it becomes clear why the Word of Wisdom so explicitly warns of conspiring men and outlines a clear path for us to keep our bodies safe in the face of these evil efforts. Satan, through his evil and destructive compacts, have inspired and recruited men to try and deceive us to get us to abuse and destroy our bodies so that we may be miserable like unto him. On this very subject, Joseph Fielding Smith said, one, quote, one passage in the Word of Wisdom is generally quite overlooked. It states that the time should come when wicked and designing men would resort to practices of adulteration of foods and drinks in order to get gain to the injury and the health of their victims. How true these words have been. End quote. With this in mind, it is no wonder that the Lord revealed to the prophet Joseph a code of health and a set of principles that would protect the saints of the day and our own against the evils and designs that rage in the hearts of men, specifically concerning the constitution and maintenance of our bodies. It is not our intention to try to expose all of the corruption prevalent in the many foods and health industries, but we do think it prudent to briefly discuss several particular industries that may fit under the term conspiring men that the Lord warned about. Section Pharmacia. It has already been explained, since secret combinations and conspiring men have existed since Cain, it would be naive of us to think that conspiring men did not exist today. By nature, <clears throat> you will not often find these discussions in the spotlight or on the evening news. They wouldn't be called secret combinations if you could. However, the evidence is overwhelming. There may be no better example of conspiracy than in the health and wellness industry, a multi-trillion dollar enterprise. The idea of conspiring men in the health industry is not a new concept. What may be shocking to many readers is that the Bible gives us hints about these conspirators. In the Greek version of the Bible, the word used whenever we see the word sorcery in our English King James Version is pharmakia, which means the use of medicine, drugs, or spells. It is interesting to note that the word pharmakia is also the root of the words pharmaceuticals and pharmacy, which are defined as drugs, and the preparation of drugs, respectively. In essence, mentions of sorceries in the King James Version of the Bible could be better understood when replaced with the term pharmakia. For example, speaking of the last days, the Apostle John recorded in the book of Revelation, Quote, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries or pharmacia. End quote. It is clear from these verses that those who have their hearts fixated upon the things of the world, including money, were also involved in murder and pharmacia. 
The reader will have to decide for himself or herself as to what this reference to pharmacia could mean, medicine, drugs, or spells. However, John goes on to explain that the merchants were the great men of the earth, for by the sorcery, sorceries, pharmacia, were all nations deceived. The additional insight provided by the Greek translation perhaps gives us greater understanding as to the conspiracies that exist in the last days. Here we have John the Revelator explaining that all of the nations of the earth would be deceived because of this pharmacia. Could it be that there are witches and wizards throughout the world using sorcery to cast magic and spells deceiving the world? Maybe. But would it not be far more logical to believe that John is referencing an industry that is hiding in plain sight such as the pharmaceutical industry? The hope and promise of modern medicine are to become well and be made whole, but is this promise being fulfilled? Consider the following. Disease rates have skyrocketed over the last 50 years. Studies show that chronic disease in the United States has more than doubled in the last 20 years alone. According to the most recent data, over 60% of the population have at least one chronic disease. Chronic diseases are also responsible for an estimated 7 out of every 10 deaths in the United States, killing over 2 million Americans each year alone. By contrast, in the, 19, in the year 1900, disease or illness of any kind accounted for 5 out of every 10 deaths, killing only uh, 204,992 people altogether. What's more is that, according to an estimate from the John Hopkins University, medical errors in hospitals are the third leading cause of death in the United States, killing an estimated 400,000 annually. To put this into perspective, more people die annually these days at the hands of medical error <clears throat> than all of the combined deaths in the year 1900. This data indicates that disease rates and deaths have risen significantly, despite drastic increases in healthcare spending and a perceived overall improvement in healthcare quality. Researchers have suggested that life expectancy is on the decline, and the millennial generation may be the first to live shorter and less healthy lives than their parents. All of this, yet in the United States per capita, healthcare spending exceeds uh, $10,000 a year, and disease rates continue to skyrocket. Perhaps the greatest evidence for pharmacia or conspiring men in the pharmaceutical industry is the opioid crisis in America and the awful role it has played in our national health. For example, from 1991 to 2013, the number of prescriptions for opioids more than doubled from 76 million to 207 million. Correspondingly, there has been a significant increase in opioid addiction and deaths. The most current data from 2012 indicates that at the time, 2.1 million people per day were abusing opioids in the United States alone. From 1999 to 2012, the number of unintended opioid overdose deaths quadrupled. These deaths account for more than 67% of total drug overdose deaths. Surely, the figures today would be much more sobering. It seems that everywhere you look, lawsuits are piling up regarding medical malpractice and opioids. In fact, as we were writing this book in 2020, a prominent doctor pleaded guilty to opioid conspiracy and healthcare fraud. As if this wasn't enough, pharmaceutical companies are some of the largest donors to members of Congress, irrespective of political party. If this pharmacia that John speaks of is the pharmaceutical industry, commonly referred to as Big Pharma, which should be an indication in and of itself, we ought to consider the implications. None of this is to suggest that everyone involved in pharmaceuticals or the medical industry is evil or conspiring, but these are important points that we should keep in mind when it comes to our health. 
What we ought to give more attention to, however, is what the Lord has said concerning healing. We will discuss this in greater detail in a later chapter. Section Smoking If you live between the 1920s and the 1950s, smoking was glamorous. Actors, athletes, politicians, and doctors alike were avid proponents of smoking. It appeared on the screen, on billboards, in magazines, and over the airwaves. During this time, the average per capita consumption was 4,000 cigarettes per year on an average of, or an average of 10.9 cigarettes per day. If you weren't smoking, you clearly didn't understand the health trends of the day. Though it may be hard for us to comprehend now, doctors prescribed smoking to patients for many ailments. You could walk into a doctor's office looking for relief from joint pain and you'd walk away from a, with a prescription to smoke a pack a day. Advertisements that would seem ludicrous to us today graced nearly every home in America. Slogans like, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette, or new scientific benefits of smoking, or a personal favorite, Chesterfield cigarettes are just as pure as the water you drink. We are sure these phrases made you cringe as uh, we did when you first read them. Why? Because we now know the truth about tobacco and smoking. But the saints living in the 1950s did not know yet, at least from a scientific standpoint. Surely this must have been a trying time to be a member of the church, trying to obey the Lord's counsel in Doctrine and Covenants 89 by avoiding tobacco. The whole world seemed to be convinced that smoking was an essential component of health. The saints were required to trust the Lord and move forward against the recommendations of the health community. Many must have felt avenged when the first Surgeon General's warning was released in 1964. Sadly, it didn't come soon enough, as there were millions of deaths attributed to smoking before the first warning was given. The presidents of the church were outspoken in warning the saints of the evils that came with smoking. These men of God surely knew of the conspiracies that existed in their day, and tobacco was no exception. President David O. McKay exposed those tobacco companies in general conference by talking about their creative advertising and the increasing evidence leaking tobacco to lung cancer. The sad reality is that doctors and others were not simply misguided. There was a concerted attempt to conceal and get gain from the exploited exploitation of millions of Americans. Starting in the 1930s, studies were done on the effects of tobacco. How many studies do you think were performed that found negative implications of smoking? Ten? A hundred? A thousand? No, it took 7,000 studies and millions of lives before the experts released the first warnings against cigarettes. It took still many years before... Uh, any attempts were made to educate Americans and stop the glorification of these products. How grateful we are for the admonition of the Lord that protected his covenant people against the destructive forces of tobacco in the last days. Section Sugar In 1822, the average person consumed approximately 6.5 pounds of sugar a year. Today, the average person consumes his or her body weight in sugar plus an additional 20 pounds of corn syrup per year. With this in mind, it should be no surprise to learn that the sugar is a multi-billion dollar industry. Despite this, we would be hard-pressed to find many people who believe that refined sugar is good for you and also do not consume it on a daily basis. How did this come to be? The first chemically refined sugar came, through, uh, came on the scene nearly 2,500 years ago in India. Through the Middle Ages, it was considered a delicacy and was hardly used as a regular part of any diet. For most of its existence... <clears throat> It was produced almost exclusively for the rich and powerful. 
It wasn't until the 1800s that the slave trade brought refined sugar into the world market. Beginning in the 1950s and 60s, many began to question sugar and its impact on health. Many believe began to believe that perhaps sugar was to blame for the rise of health issues plaguing the nation. Studies began to be conducted to determine the reality of the potential link. In 1965, one of the biggest studies on sugar was conducted. Unfortunately, for the general public, the funding for these studies came from the sugar industry itself. This study found that sucrose was directly linked to an increased risk of heart disease. <clears throat> Rather than admit the finding, which would have been quite a blow, the industry did what was necessary to survive. They buried it. The study never saw the light of day, and the general public did not find out until decades later. Not only did the sugar industry hide the study, but over the past few years, it was discovered that they paid researchers to link heart disease to fat and downplay the role of sugar. While this instance is shocking, it is certainly not uncommon. For instance, one of the top funders in the world for health studies is Coca-Cola. If they are consistently funding the studies, what do you think the outcomes will be? Perhaps this is why we still see studies promoting the alleged health benefits of soda consumption. However, a massive body of evidence suggests the contrary, specifically regarding the kind of sugar promoted by Coca-Cola. To further complicate things, today there are over 69 different legal names for this refined sugar product. Names which may not, uh, one may not recognize or associate with sugar. Some of these include high fructose corn syrup, glucose solids, maltodextrin, maltose, mannitol, ethanol maltol, fructose, galactose, treacle, and many more. Is it any wonder that we are, are confused at the grocery store and can finally hardly find a product that isn't laced with or even bathed in sugar? From ketchup to soups, there is sugar hidden in nearly every processed food on the market. This is one of the reasons it is estimated that 30 to 40 percent of all healthcare expenditures in the U.S. go to health issues directly linked with excess consumption of sugar. Even with all this data, a question remains, is sugar that bad for our spirits? To answer this question comes from us, <clears throat> comes to us from the story of creation when the Lord commands Adam and Eve to eat fruit as their primary food source. Fruit is the food that God has ordained for us. It is naturally sweet and satiating. It is also interesting to note that mother's milk has a sweet taste. Breast milk, for most of human history, was the only food that a child would taste for the first years of life. Is it any wonder that after only drinking this sweet, life-giving nectar for months, that the child would then develop a permanent desire for sweet foods? The Lord gave each of us an inherent desire for sweet things, which is apparent in our ability to see color and taste sweets that most animals do not have. Moreover, carbohydrates are essential to our health in many ways. However, we know that Satan is a skillful imitator. As President Elzir Taft Benson, Benson said, quote, Whenever the God of heaven establishes by revelation his design, Satan always comes along, comes among men to pervert the doctrine, saying, Believe it not. He often establishes a counterfeit system designed to deceive the children of men. End quote. Is it any wonder that Satan would want to pervert our natural God-given sweet tooth for it with a nefarious counterfeit, namely refined sugar? By removing the good and healthful parts of the fruit, you are left with the extracted, concentrated, and deliciously sweet sugar content. Sugar triggers the opiate receptors in the brain, which stimulates the pleasure centers even more than cocaine, making it highly addictive. 
Because of this, many people, uh, many become reliant upon it to be happy and satiated. Re researchers indicate that it is often easier to break drug addictions than sugar addictions. Unlike man's laboratory invention, God's natural creation does not subject or and trick our natural desires for that which is sweet, but rather it fulfills. Section Wheat We will talk more about wheat and more broadly grains in the chapter of the dues of the Word of Wisdom, but this aspect of Doctrine and Covenants 89 has always been interesting to the writer, specifically Cassidy. In part because I, Cassidy, was diagnosed with a rare but severe gluten allergy years ago, similar to celiac. Since then, I have had to stay away from products like wheat, rye, barley, and regular oats. As I began studying the Word of Wisdom, I became frustrated with the fact that I was allergic to the food the Lord commands to be the staff of life. I have met countless others who, throughout the years, that verbalized the same concerns. This led me to conduct a serious investigation, <laughs> investigation into the origins of wheat and the changes it has undergone through time. What I found was shocking. Wheat has become a staple, no, has been a staple of nearly every civilization's diet as evidenced throughout the Bible, Book of Mormon, and other historical records, and yet wheat allergies have increased by over 500% in the last 50 years. How is it possible for such a staple food to turn into such a highly allergenic food? As Dr. William Davis indicated, today's wheat isn't even wheat, thanks to some of the most intense crossbreeding efforts overseen, ever seen. The wheat products sold to you today are nothing like the wheat products of our grandmother's age, very different from the wheat of the early 20th century, and completely transformed from the wheat of the Bible and earlier. Throughout time, various combinations of seeds <clears throat> were combined in a process called hybridization, these seeds were hybridized for more effective crop yields and to create new varieties. However, starting in the 1960s, this hybridization took a dramatic turn. In the new genetic experiments, researchers discovered that they could make wheat that could contain pesticides naturally in the seed itself, which would increase crop yield. Since this time, wheat has undergone such a change that it is hardly recognizable. It is modified to contain chemicals that improve yield, but are toxic to humans. Furthermore, bioengineers use glyphosate, a key ingredient used in Roundup weed killer, to spray the crops while growing. They also use it as a drying agent. Glyphosate is highly carcinogenic and has been linked to multiple modern health issues, and yet our wheat contains it in the seeds, is sprayed with it in the field, and is dried with it. But it gets even worse. A vast majority of wheat products on the market are highly processed, leaving out the bran and the germ, which contain 80% of the nutrients. These make for fluffy and addicting baked goods, but wreak havoc on digestion, hormones, and other bodily processes. Even products that are labeled 100% wheat are misleading because the wheat is already contaminated with chemicals and irritated with gamma rays and high-dose x-rays to induce mutations. It may sound depressing that the food, which should be our staff of life, has been so abused and changed, but should it be any surprise that the food the Lord commands we should eat has, we should eat most has become one of the most adulterated foods that Joseph Fielding Smith said conspiring men would create. Luckily for us, hope is not lost. Wheat is classified under the genus or plant family uh, triticum. triticum. <laughs> 
Under this umbrella, there are over 30,000 varieties of wheat. When we think of wheat, we often think of <clears throat> the one or two varieties that have been altered. Do we think of all of the other grains that have existed for thousands of years and have remained unadulterated by the hand of man? It simply doesn't make sense to consume this wheat-like product that has been hybridized time and time again, modified to contain glyphosate in its seeds, sprayed with more carcinogens after being picked, removed of its bran and germ, and then mixed with toxic trace substances so that it can meet FDA standards. Most importantly, however, is the fact that the Lord does not approve of this kind of hybridizing. In the Old Testament, he plainly says, Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. The prophet Joseph Smith even hinted at this when he wrote in his journal, quote, God has made certain decrees which are fixed and immovable. For instance, God set the sun, the moon, and the stars in the heavens and gave them their laws, conditions and bounds which they cannot pass, except by his commandments. God has set many signs on the earth as well as in the heavens, the fruit of the tree, the herb of the field, all bear a sign that seed hath been planted there. For it is a decree of the Lord that every tree, plant, and herb bearing seed should bring forth of its own kind, and cannot come forth after any other law or principle. With the evidence stacking up, and the Lord weighing in on the matter, it should be clear that these man-made hybridized foods are not of God, and not good for our bodies. Section God's Answer to Conspiring Men in the Last Days the Lord knew that all of these things would come to pass in the days preceding his second coming. Indeed, he knew of the evils and designs that rage in the hearts of men for power and personal profit. Today, there is so much information and confusion when it comes to our health, and unfortunately, there are consequences for following bad information. It is for this very reason that the Lord provided the word of wisdom, and we ought to pursue a careful examination of it. It should be noted that... What conspiring men do is complex and difficult for the masses to understand. This helps the few experts wield authority and power over the many of society, often going unchallenged or unquestioned. What God does is simple and plain for all to understand, even according to his own level of understanding. The information is readily available to all who will seek. The word of wisdom is no different. The world would have us believe that things just happen to our health and there is no answer or solution. We disagree with that assertion. We have experienced the health and healing that comes by living the principles found in the Word of Wisdom and by foregoing the philosophies of men and even when we are told that hope and healing were impossible.